Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Yellhorn Podcast, Episode 3. This week, we have a special guest, Little Dark Fury. We ask him about his experience on YouTube, how he got into content creation, and other topics related to the Pokemon trading card game. As always, this podcast is sponsored by GG Tour. GG Tour is a fantastic esports tournament organization. Um, they organize tournaments of all different games, not only Pokemon trading card game online. Um, definitely go check them out at ggtour.com. All right. Yellhorn Podcast, episode three. Super special Yellhorn Podcast today, guys. We got our special guest with us, Little Dark Fury. What's going on? How you doing? What up? How's How you guys up? doing? We're doing good. It's uh, Yeah, man, it's going to be a good episode. Um, LDF, man, of course, fantastic content creator, somebody that you know I've watched for a while. Uh, if, you, if you play PTCGO, if you play Pokemon TCG and you don't know who Little Dark Fury is, you know, you're living under a rock, but... I understand if you don't. I get it. Sometimes people live under rocks, but definitely go look him up. Uh, he makes great content. Um, does videos on a bunch of incredible like deck lists. Uh, totally a bunch of creative lists. And uh, of course, we have Zach Lesage, our co-host. What's going on, Zach? Yo, what's poppin'? I mean, we're we're waking up. It was a it was a late night of editing videos, so I feel like I'm just like grinding through the day. What's right. poppin', people? What's going on? I'm Maddie from Chill TCG. And uh, I got my cat in the back. He's on my couch. So we're all here. <laughs> we're all here. Uh, yeah, man. So how you guys doing? You guys you guys been good? Yeah. Been doing good. Been doing good for sure. Anything uh, anything going on or what? Just, just you know, normal normal things? What are you yeah, doing, Maddie? Just... <laughs> Nothing. I'm just <laughs> hanging out, man. I mean, I'm getting ready for Wednesday's tournament. Uh, it's a giant chill series this week. It's going to be crazy. Uh, our prize pool is pretty insane. Um, and, uh, we also have a GG tour free entry event too on Saturday. So, uh, you know, two cash and free entry cash prizing events in one week. It's going to be pretty crazy. Pretty good. Um, but, uh, overall not a whole lot going on in the world of Pokemon, but, uh, we've come up with some interesting things to talk about this week. Um, you know, we'll start off with, uh, you know, the first half of the podcast. I think we'll just do a little bit of an interview. We'll ask LDF some stuff, get to know him a little bit better. And, um, and then uh, we'll hit on just some normal, you know, kind of podcast topics that we typically hit on. But uh, LDF, you've been on many podcasts. Is this is this sort of a newer yeah, thing? This is my that? first one. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So it's, yeah, it's pretty got cool. him. I <laughs> got him. <laughs> exactly. Got him. We reeled him in. I mean, you know, uh, podcasts are fun. I mean, I know me and Zach. We always just like, like we'll like we'll have like a layout of topics that we want to hit uh, every podcast, and uh, we're like we'll go in like an hour or whatever, and then we end up just like adding another 30 minutes of just kind of rambling about whatever yeah. for a while. But, um, Zach, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's going on with you, man? You just making your videos, getting ready to win another player's cup here next month or what? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I could play another thousand players cups and I don't even think I'd win any of them. Um, it's just one of those things where just got to vibe out. I mean, I think I'm actually playing in my first like chill, chill tournament on uh wednesday so i'm excited about that i mean let's go sign up for a whole bunch and uh sometimes i don't really play um but that's okay i i now have the opportunity to i'm gonna clear my schedule to support the home slice and um i'm gonna try to play on saturday as well i mean we'll see how it goes right there beyond that it's a, it's a normal week for me like I, i'm gonna do some stuff make some videos write some articles for sure i, I mean kinda, yeah i kind of like weeks like this where not you know there's not too much going on because then we can kind of bring on cool guests we can kind of just do our own yeah. thing you know well um we talked about the adp band last week but you know we definitely will want ldf's opinion on that for sure so 
Um, yeah, I got some spicy takes. <laughs> that's what's up. I mean, I know it's it's different right. too, and and from the perspective of players, right? Someone like Zach, who's a competitive player mainly. Uh, someone like me is like a TO mainly, and then somebody like LDF who makes content, right? I think we we all kind of do everything. I'm not saying none of us play competitively. All of us make content. You know what I mean? We all we all do these all the all these things, but I think uh, we all have our own specialty right now in the community. So I think it's a very cool dynamic this week, uh, for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, yeah, Zach. I mean, last dude, last chill series. You said you're playing this Wednesday. The last week we had like 260 people. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Are you work this week? Do you think? Do you feel like like on the reels? Do you think that was like holiday season stuff, um, I, where everyone's like at home? Like, I mean, here in Ontario, we had like uh, stay at home orders like mm-hmm. for still going on for like the whole rest of the next month. So I mean, there's nothing. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no movies out there. There's no restaurants out there. There's like literally nothing. You can go to the pharmacy. You can go to the grocery store, and both of those suck. Yeah. Except for the grocery store, because I like food. But seriously, uh, do you think you're gonna get more players or less players? Like, is the cash gonna bring the guys in? I mean, that's a good point. I think, I I think it'll. It hopefully we'll we'll get more. Like I I want to be optimistic, but I do understand that this past week or two has been a really good time. For people to play in these online events because they're all home they're not doing schoolwork you know they're not really working right so they're they just have time to play like on a wednesday night especially uh which is when we run so i don't know i mean it's tough our prize pool this week is insane um it's free to enter so as long as people can put the time in to play i, I have no reason why um you know there's no reason why they they shouldn't play but you know we'll see i'll be more so interested to see um also hexters is tonight as we record this it's monday so um, i think that'll be also a really good measure they also pull like really good numbers um, so depending on what they get tonight, um, you know, I'll be interested to see what we get Wednesday, but you know, I'm happy with whatever, you know, it's never like a contest. I, I'm not doing it to get the most people. I, I just do it, you know, to, yeah, I mean, you're a community crutch, right? Like you're running these events. I mean, for a lot of people who are listening to the podcast or a lot of people who played in events, I know like for the few events that I've organized, um, organizers do not make a lot of money. A lot of organizers do not make money. A lot of organizers actually nag on their money because it goes into the prize support or they're giving away packs. And I mean, if you put it into like even close to the lowest state's minimum wage, I mean, that's a pretty fair metric. Yeah. I think the amount of time that goes into these events, like being an organizer is like, you do it for the love of the community. You do it for the love of the game. Um, and I mean, I, I know I haven't had too many opportunities to plan your events, but I appreciate you as a tournament organizer just for the community in general. Thanks, bro. I that's mean, my, that's my heartfelt Monday. You got me in my feels. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're going to be playing for the first time. I know LDF's playing a few tournaments, and uh, I think he got like yeah. top 16 one tournament with Colossal when mm-hmm. it came Almost out. Back to back, I think. Yeah. 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 And I was like, let's go. Uh, I know other, yeah, but like LDF's busy, man. I mean, he's got things to do, and I understand it. So it's it's cool when like yeah. the content creators come out and play, like the streamers, the YouTubers, because um, it, it always brings a lot of other players in, and it just kind of overall brings the hype up um mm-hmm. but uh you know it's it is what it is man i I'll, I'll try to get as many people in as possible it's you never know it's it's very unpredictable you know it's very unpredictable but uh doesn't you know it's not a big deal so that's that's kind of my take on it but uh what about you ldf you playing wednesday huh yeah i might i might if i okay. if i got time definitely might look into it i have a deck that i'm like maybe gonna bring like Ooh. i have an idea of what i want to play i'm just not sure i'm ready to uh reveal play it yet yeah <laughs> i hear kind of like under the cover yeah i hear it. i uh you know we're not banning adp for wednesday if anybody's watching this and they're wondering although it is probably wednesday when they hear this 
Um, we're not banning ADP, and uh, of course that just means it's normal standard format. That's I think what the majority of people play these days. But at the same time, you know, we all know that that format's very kind of stale in, in a sense. Um, last tournament though, LDF, we we didn't ban ADP, but we like we like told people not to do it. We were like, you should probably not play if you if you can help it, play ADP. And uh, we ended with only like eight percent meta share in that tournament with ADP, where typically it's like twenty. 25 30 right um mm -hmm. yeah usually it takes up like the top spot right so it was the fifth most played deck and actually the meta looked like really good um we had like a cinderace make make top eight um, yeah my boy get wrecked <laughs> yep me and him both thought of that deck i think it was my idea to put the malana in the deck too i was like this deck that's, needs malana that's how you beat pika that is the yeah that's like i think a big reason why it won especially like with mm -hmm. that revenge attack being able to take a hit malana yeah. and then kind of deal it back out definitely cool but really cool to see cinderace we also had uh just some other decks that I can't think of off the top of my head that did really well. Um, oh, Excadrill 1. Um, oh, yeah. Which, of course, is a really good counter to things like Picarom and Eternatus. Obviously has a tough time with ADP, but with less ADP, you know, that deck really has, like, just open reins to, to body the best decks in the format. And those were the two most mm -hmm. played decks was Picarom and Etern. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, hopeful that the meta will stay kind of a little bit fresh going into the next few weeks. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Zach, you got a, you got some questions lined up for LDF here? Do you got them? I don't have them written down. But. Yeah. I would ever describe anything with a podcast is Maddie and I run the chill horn or the yell horn, chill TCG, the lone blown. I mean, you can mix any words up. We're, uh, now we could be like the little yell horn, but uh, seriously, <laughs> we, we appreciate you uh, being here for uh, as a guest. Um, I mean, I think it's just kind of an open forum right now. It's kind of um, not just like explain yourself because that's not really a good way to put yeah, it. Like, yeah. it's one of those things. Like, uh, if you want to let everyone who knows who's watching the podcast, maybe maybe they're like LDS, my absolute favorite. I literally came here. I hate Zach and Maddie. Uh, we we only came here for the LDF action. Or maybe someone's like, who the heck is this LDF guy? Um, so maybe just like kind of just like how you got into Pokemon, how you got into content creation. Um, and then just kind of like where you're at, what you're doing, kind of that stuff. I know. Um, I mean, I think that sounds like a pretty good way to like explain it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm the type of person where it's like the ice, the icebreaker is the ice broken. So, I mean, let's, uh, let's hear it. What, what's going on? Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I like to make content on YouTube. Um, I mainly specialize in making rogue deck videos for those of y'all who don't know who I am. I like to make just crazy decks. I like to try out every card I can possibly try out just to make it work just to have fun with it for entertainment and for content um but yeah i started playing pokemon i think back in like 2000 like the tcg anyway started playing back i think in like 2008 2009 i think it was around the uh it was around like the diamond and pearl platinum era like i used to i used to always play the video games and stuff like as a kid but yep, like same i got it yeah yeah i got on the tcg um probably yeah like around the end of the 2000s um i think the first ever uh, deck I ever brought to a regionals. Uh, it was in like Toronto. I think it was like I played. <laughs> uh, who remembers the Machamp takeout card? It was like a it was like a Donk deck. You put it in play, take out one energy, knock out a basic. Knock out the basic Pokemon. So that would have yeah. been like what two thousand nine. I think. Yeah, it was in the yeah it was in the Stormfront set. I think. Yeah, it was two thousand nine, two thousand eight when it was legal. Yeah, it was like before Rare Candy was like it got like eredited where like you can't use it on the turn you played it like back then with machamp you could play it on the turn but that was the first deck i ever brought to a regional it was a machamp deck and i had like there's like a needle king card too i forget what it does i remember machamp so vividly but 
I can't remember the Needle King. <laughs> it was like it was a Needle King Machamp deck. I think it went like three and three in the tournament or something like that. Um, that was my first ever regionals, and uh, that regionals kind of was like, yo, this is sick. I want to continue playing this, and I pretty much played IRL up until like 2013. So I used to be able to get a drive to my local league um, every day, and then I ended up moving in like 2013. So I was like, uh, I I can't get a drive anymore. So I just kind of stopped playing IRL. Uh, for the most part, I don't really play in real life anymore. Um, but I, I mostly just play PDCGO. Like, I've been playing PDCGO since, like, 2014. So, and, like, content creation for me has been going on for almost, like, six, seven years now on yeah. YouTube. That's Yeah, that's one thing, too, is, you know, there's not a lot of people that have been doing... Because if you pop on YouTube now, there's people making deck lists, people making videos, mm-hmm. like myself and Zach, people who are new to it. Uh, but there is, uh, like, a few people who have been doing it for a long time. And, uh, you know, you can tell because not only do they have the experience... Uh, with all the, you know, making the videos, they look great, but, um, you know, they have really good followings and you're definitely one of those people. So it's definitely kind of, <laughs> it's definitely kind of cool, uh, to see, but, um, yeah. So like, how did you originally like get into making videos? Was it just kind of like, did you see somebody that was making the videos and you were like, Oh, I want to do that. Or, or were you just kind of like, you know what, you know, I don't, I don't see enough people doing this on YouTube. Like this is something that I could do. Like how, you know, how did that start out? Yeah, actually, I actually started off making content on Call of Duty, like, but like, I didn't have a capture card, so it wasn't like actual like recorded content. But that's what made me start my YouTube channel was playing Call of Duty. I used to play a lot of Call of Duty Black Ops Two, uh, back when it was in its prime in like 2013. It's a great game. But, like, yeah, it, it's probably my favorite game of all time. And then like, I would make the videos with like, I would record this my TV with my phone, and I'd have it like sit on like a chair, and like it'd be like it'd be recording my TV. So it was like really bad quality, but like. I used to watch a lot of like Allie way back in the day. I know he's like a meme now, but no, he used I know. to be like, yeah. yeah, he used to be the biggest COD channel back in the day. And he inspired me to start making like live recordings of COD. Um, and then it never, it never took off. So I was like, eh. And, uh, and at the same time, I was still playing Pokemon TCG online. And um, I, I used like this like old, like I didn't have OBS back then. So I just used like this really bad like screen capture thing. It wasn't like actually bad like FPS and stuff. It was like how I recorded. And then I found OBS and I was like, oh, shoot. Um, You're like, let's go. Yeah. Like, but even back when I first started, I always was like a big advocate for rogue decks. Even when I played IRL, I liked playing just like weird rogues. Like, I would try out a weird combo that I've never seen before. Um, yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, that kind of got me into making content. I was like, I wonder if this type of content would be interesting to watch on YouTube. I think around the time I started, I think like the biggest PTCGO YouTubers were like, I think it was like, it was definitely Top Cut. Puka, Puka's like my biggest inspiration for YouTube. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, the, yeah. The Top Cut, and it was like Mike PDCGO and like a Blue Golf Ball. Like when I started, they were like the three biggest content creators on YouTube, I think at the time. And like, there was like another guy named Tyler Plays. Um, they were all like big inspirations. I definitely would say Top Cut was my biggest inspiration for doing content. I would always watch Puka's videos. Every time he uploaded, I had the notifications on. I'd click on it. I'd watch the video. And you know, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the he did rogues too. Nice. Um, yeah, and some 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 rogue videos. I was like, I like I like how Puka does them. I'm gonna I'm gonna try them out too, and uh, kind of just went from there. And I like I just always uploaded consistently. I've like always enjoyed the game when I even when I first started uh, playing PDC Joe. I've always enjoyed it. I know the game isn't perfect. It's got its issues. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's not like it's not the most greatest online client, but. Uh, but it's fun. I've always yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, me yeah, too. it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's still fun. like there's something that drives us all in together, right? Like, I mean, I think standard might be one of the worst standard formats I've ever played in this particular instance. Like, 
100%. I've been playing for like since 2005, and this is one of those things where I'm like, it, it feels kind of like a chore to play, especially best of one. Best of three doesn't feel nearly as bad. Best yeah. of one just feels like it's a little bit uh, too riddled with variants. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all here playing Pokemon. So I mean, regardless of the client, regardless of anything, that's what kind of all brings us all together. For sure, man. Uh, and uh, like, it's funny because there's other people on YouTube. Like, I know you specifically like focus heavily on rogue decks. Um, I know P somebody like um, PTCG Radio, like Ross over there. Uh, he doesn't like typically make decklist videos, but he's a very big advocate of rogue decks. And mm. uh, I love it. I mean, personally, I think it's great content, but it also makes the game a lot more fun. And personally, what I've always wanted was like a restricted format, and not not just like a like maybe yeah, you get rid of like all Pokemon that aren't single prize Pokemon to an extent. Um, but I mean, I feel like there'd have to be some more that goes into it, um, making a new format. But I feel like if you're able to do that, if we're able to sort of come together and, and organize like a, a third format, call like and call it like the restricted format, we could we could give us a place to to freely play and create all of these cool um, more rogue type decks without just getting bodied by things like ADP or peak on the ladder, right? Or or online or whatever whatever it is. So that's something that I've always wanted in this game. Of course, I don't know what would go into it. I'm sure it would take a ton of testing and, and everything to make it all um, balanced right but i i still think that that's would be a really cool idea but i don't know i just something i wanted to throw out there i mean it could happen in that uh survey pokemon put out like a few weeks back they actually did add the idea like would people be interested in seeing these alternate formats i think they had like a single price format on that survey as like an option for like would you be interested in this being a format yeah um, it would yeah it would definitely help with content on youtube because the only three formats you know, well four formats i guess you got theme decks but theme decks are like it's not an actual format you know what i mean it's just it's the yeah. same it's yeah it's the same decks someone could be listening right now and they're like actually i'm the biggest theme deck uh on youtube i i i, I cover all the newest theme decks <laughs> i actually uh send pokemon ideas for how they can make the next <laughs> ones um but I mean, theme deck format's gonna die off anyways because I think theme decks are kind of done going forward, right? Yeah, they're not printing them. I think not even in battle styles, they're like just done. I mean, they're building. Yeah, think, yeah. they're printing these like build and battle decks, which come with like tag team Pokemon and all all the best cards. So it's like mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably their new direction. Theme deck. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh... it's really cool. I think it's gonna help out a lot of like new players. Like I know, like I was a kid, I started off playing like as a theme deck. I had like a all the way back and like. I, hidden legends theme decks i remember buying at the store i mean i wish i held on to them now because i'd be rich rich mm. rich but it's one of those things where it's just like you know you like everyone's got to get their starts those league battle decks or uh, the new battle decks and stuff might be cool for some players right and that's where i think it, like if we were make were to make like a single prize format or something like that it would help all of the new players who come in you know who don't necessarily have a bunch of these these ultra rare hyper rare cards that are just really powerful um, and also, it would help boost uh, creativity when when it comes to deck building and stuff, right? So I don't know. Yeah, for it's sure. Just something I've always wanted, but yeah, you know, whatever, whatever, right? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I'm just rambling, whatever. man. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what comes out. Zach, uh, what's the uh, what's the next question we get for LDF? I should have pulled these up. I just forgot. What's the next question? Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Sorry, I, I just remembered. All right. I feel like I feel like you're calling me up for not doing my homework, and I'm like, "Geez, Maddie." Oh no, actually, no. We all know that I, I'm, I'm literally just here to be like, yes. I well, the <laughs> thing is, I can't like pull it up on our Discord chat because I have I'm recording the videos. That's okay. Let me let me. 
Do you know it, or do you want me to find it? You gotta find it, man. I didn't remember. I gotta find it. Stuff. We, we, we're search. It. We're searching. Yeah, yeah I think it's in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I posted in the chat. <laughs> we're professional. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're exactly. We we keep it vibe. It's it's chill TCG and the lone blown. Um. And so. LDF. Yeah, and LDF exactly. Chill. Not chill. not 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 BDF. <laughs> we found that out on Twitter the other day. Um, okay, so I mean, I think yeah. I think that would just be like we kind of were just talking about single prize card Pokemon. Um, going into our current standard format, I know that you said that you wanted to talk about um, the ban on ADP limitless. Like we covered it in our last podcast. If you haven't, uh, if yeah, if y'all haven't watched that yet, you should uh, check that out. Listen to it on whatever major streaming service, or I mean, we got it here on YouTube on both uh, the Lone Blount and Chill TCG. But I mean, Maddie and I both had our opinions. LDF, what's what's your opinion on the ADP ban for Limitless? Just before I you jump into it, just catching up for everyone. Um, ADP has not officially been banned by Pokemon. Limitless has banned it for I believe their standard events um, yeah. going forward in January. Yeah. Um, because they 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 wrote a whole thing saying how big of a problem it is. Came to the conclusion. I mean. They are ran by a really strong group of players, um, very innovative minds in the game. Robin Schulz is part of Limitless, won the 2017 World Championships, or 2018 World Championships. Yeah, 18, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely fantastic players over there. Um, so it's just one of those things. Uh, let's see exactly like what your thoughts are on it, um, because I'm sure, I mean, you, you come up with some crazy decks, maybe maybe you got a whole like different uh, opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I'm i an advocate for banning ADP. I think that the card is really overpowered. I think that, like, it's attack. The fact that, like, like Alteration has to be the best attack in, like, the history of the TCG. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the fact that it's for only two energy and, like, it has, like, really good type synergy with Metal Saucer makes it just insanely broken. So, I do agree. Like, I think ADP definitely just should not have been printed. I think it's really overpowered. I think it's like I think it's like the best card ever made. It's like better than like Zork GX in its prime. Like it's just way too overpowered. Yeah. But like I don't think like I've thought about it. And like ADP, while I do hate the card, I it might not be like the pure problem with the format because like it does cause like a big like it's like a it does cause like an ecosystem in the meta where it's like it has like a big black hole of like just stuff that like comes into the game and becomes popular, like Crushing Hammer right now. The only reason it's so popular is because yeah, of ADP. Of, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. And everyone hates Crushing Hammers, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like a big reason why it's a staple in every deck is because you really want it if you're going against an ADP. And ADP even runs it in themselves in case they go against another ADP. So, I yep. mean, I think like just to weigh in there a little bit, I feel like Crushing Hammer has to do with the speed of the game, with a lot of the top decks currently being energy acceleration decks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I think it just has to do with the speed of the game. ADP is definitely a byproduct of that. And, I mean, Crushing Hammer Heads feel so good against ADP. Um, but, I mean, I think um, in a world without ADP, um, Pikaram's also um, a problem. And you'd still probably play Crushing Hammers for Pikaram. And maybe even for, like, Scorch as well. Eternatus, so just... it's big. That's a, yeah, exactly. That's a one. So, I mean, I just think it's, like, kind of a problem of our format for Crushing Hammers. Maybe just not ADP-centric, but I totally agree with every other sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Crushing Hammer, like, it's kind of... Like, I feel like Crushing Hammer never would have taken off in popularity if ADP wasn't popular. It is really good, though, against, like, Eternatus and Dragapult. Because they're both, like, you just attach an energy, you pass, you attach, you start swinging for right. 270. So, like, Crushing Hammer, like, completely just turns the entire game around. Uh-huh. 
But, like, I do think ADP has just made... It's just made the format more, like, faster. It's just made decks, like, have to adapt to the speed of ADP. And it's just also made, like, Crushing Hammer really good. But I also... I do think that, like, the power creep has, like, also made things bad. So, like, I do think ADP is one of the most, like, broken cards ever. Same with, like, Zacian V and Picaram. Like, they're insanely broken. Yeah, right. Like, Except ADP yeah. has both of those in one deck. So it's... It, it, yeah, it's got Ultimate Rain. Yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> but, like... Mm-hmm. I do think, like, tag teams are part of the problem, too. Like, stuff like Picaram and Reshi's Art and Mewtwo Mew are, like... They're all They're good. just... Yeah, they're so broken. They're, they're just a... It's a basic, so you just find them with a quick ball, and then boom. Um, so I, I do think rotation is going to really help the format. Um, but I, I think that, like, Pokemon have kind of, like, dug a hole by, like, okay, let's make these really strong tag teams, but then we got to print VMAXs to help counter them. So it's, like, Dragapult comes out, and then, like, a set later, you get Eternatus VMAX, which counters Dragapult. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like... Oh, let's try to fix it. Let's make Colossal, which can try to counter both Pika and Eternatus. So like it's like every set they're trying to like one up themselves. Um, yeah, and I think that's what uh, and they and I think they realized that Colossal just wasn't doing it, um, and yeah. that's kind of why I think in Battle Styles they just made kind of better Colossal in a in a sense yeah. uh, with the Urshifus, and they also kind of made it two ways. So they were like, well, you can either play it, um, you know, with sort of in, in a in a version of it that that hits uh like for like 150 for one energy you know of course like does really well against those pokemon that you're super effective against but um if you're looking to cover the matchups where you're not super effective against you can play the single strike mode um version of it so i think that they kind of i think you're right like 100 percent that was like the idea with them they had like dragapult which was super good eternatus which was super good and they were like we need to like add a third like you know piece to this puzzle and uh it just wasn't really doing it i think colossal's a really good card it just isn't as good i don't think mm-hmm. as those other yeah, two decks yeah yeah i think like well, pika figured out it's like oh colossal's really good all right uh let's just play mewtwo mew which like doesn't even two shot doesn't even two shots about a dojo so it's like it only does 130 damage yeah i'm pointing at zach because zach uh i mean everyone's doing it now and like i'm not saying he was like the only like first person to ever do it but like for the players mm-hmm. cup this was like weeks like a week or two before like you ever saw it in an online event uh he was just destroying people in the players cup with mewtwo and picarum and uh especially after the results came out of players cup 2 everyone was like oh yeah like i'm just gonna mm-hmm. put mewtwo's and pika and just win every tournament so yeah i think it's funny how there's like actually like a picarum deck a mewtwo picarum deck and a mewtwo lightning deck and they're all three different <laughs> that's true um i mean okay so i mean we've kind of touching on it like in different areas um we we talked like standard adp ban all that stuff um when it when it comes to like alternative formats we're kind of in standard i think all three of us can probably agree that standard's a little stale um Mm -hmm. a little bit like the issue is like champion's path didn't add anything to our formats Vivid Voltage was more or less of a flop. Like, there's a lot of cool cards I know. I, I could talk about Orbital VMAX uh, with Maddie. Maddie. Maddie's like, Orbital VMAX? Who's there? And there's even some players that play Orbital VMAX at events from, like, the 2017, 2019. I mean, we all saw the Twitter post. I mean, that guy. Maybe it was a meme. Maybe they just legitimately thought it was a standard event. That guy's Whatever. a legend. That guy's a legend. Yeah, that guy's a legend. Fly high, Orbital. Fly high. But Vivid Voltage was kind of a flop. And I mean, for... For Pokemon TCG play, it looks like Shiny Fates is also going to be kind of a flop to change our standard metagame. I think there's only like 10 new cards in the set. And um, I mean, some of them look really cool. Um, and a lot of the Shiny cards are going to help out the collectors uh, lose all their money in their bank accounts. But when it comes to our standard formats, 
I think we're going to be stuck in the same like Picarom ADP Eternatus formats. Um, so does that mean that like collectively, I guess we'll start off with LDF. Do you think it's worthwhile to continuously play in standard format or are you kind of excited to like play in some of these alternative formats? And by alternative formats, I mean like maybe exploring expanded, maybe playing in some of these legacy events. I mean, again, like there's, um, we brought up uh, Vixen or Vixen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even last time, I mean, I think I saw you play in one of their events, like promotional material and stuff like that. Like, they're they're always running some crazy events. If you haven't checked check them out, you can check them out on Limitless. Yeah, those those tournaments are like super cool. Like, you're not going to see as many people playing them because they're not just like a normal standard format tournament. But those are the tournaments that like you really can express your creativity and, and really have a lot of fun with deck building. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to have those decks. But yeah, sorry, you go you go LDF. What do you think? Yeah, about I it? mean. Yeah, I'm. I love the legacy format. I've like, I've kind of revived. I feel like, I've, I feel like I did revive legacy content on YouTube and stuff. Um, but yeah, like I, I just love legacy. It's a fun format because I used to play in that era of like the HSS days. Like I used to play IRL, so like it brings back nostalgia, and it's a lot. It's like a bit of a healthier format than standard. I mean, like Vile Plume is really overpowered in legacy. Like, I feel like if legacy was more popular, I, I do think Vile Plume would probably get banned. It's a really good card and some people will say it has ruined the legacy format for some people Uh, but i just really enjoyed legacy and i enjoy expanded a lot too expanded's like the wild west like it's like it's almost like standard on crack because like it's just there's so many broken combos like battle compressor and like archie's ace in the hole and like the tina chomp coco combo and like adp's really good in there of course you got the trevnor handlock decks and uh like eggrow vile plume so it's like it's the wild west of like just insanity uh, but I kind of like it for that. There's, it's also just like such, there's such a big card pool. There's so much creativity you can do. There's probably like insanely there's like well there, yeah there's probably like an insane amount of combos yet to be discovered and expanded. Right. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. I I like personally I'm not a big fan of playing against stuff like Eggrow and like Alternate Crosma. They're just not they they're just so cheap and like they're not fun to play against because they stop you from playing the game. But like yeah, overall like, like yeah I don't like Alternate mm-hmm. Crosma man. <laughs> yeah that card is super annoying to play against. Um but like yeah like I. Yeah, like I like expanded though. I'm a huge advocate of the expanded format because there's, there's so many cool things you can do in there. Um, there's just so many combos that probably have yet to be discovered. Um, so I love expanded and I love legacy. Like I like standards fine like most of the time for me, but like right now, especially trying to make all these like fun rogue decks. Like I you play against like a tag team or a V Max deck, and you just get like you just get stomped because I'm making a I'm making a video on like a card that does 120 damage for three energy. A, like a, a normal energy and like a twin energy it's like 120 damage okay and then next turn i get knocked down it's like well i just lost and yeah. it's like yeah like i'm not i don't really like standard right now i think tag teams and like v maxes to a degree are like just really overpowered and they kind of just make it hard to make single prize decks other than like you know niche stuff like mad party work um right but i do like expanded and i i would like to see more like fun creative alternate format tournaments on the limitless site because it, it just it's it's better options than standard. Because I'm sure people will get bored of standard and like and then like the tournaments, I guess like more people will stop playing the tournaments until like a new set drops. So And that's I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. That's what happens too. Like when, when Vivid Voltage came out, like we had a big surge of people that came and played standard tournaments. Um just I you know, I I'm not sure exactly why. I guess there was just it was just a lot of hype around it. A lot of people came to the game, uh, with Vivid Voltage and I th- the problem is, like, you're right, like, especially with Shining Fates coming out, I don't feel like we're going to get that little bit of a, a small refresh for a few months, um, which is going to make things become very, very daunting for a lot of the players who've been playing the same uh, team up through Vivid Voltage format for 
two months now. Now they're going to have to play it for another three three months or something until Battle Styles comes out. Um, and we've yet to see what's coming out in Battle Styles. When that stuff gets announced, we'll have a you know we'll do a whole podcast on it probably. But I my my hope is that with the new mechanics, the new rapid and single strike mechanics, um, with the new Pokemon and whatever you know, we don't know what's coming out else. Like, but uh, my hope is that it it you know it it not only does Urshifu kind of deter Pigarom from doing so well in tournaments, but also things like E-Turn um, and uh, opens up the format for a bunch of Psychic-type archetypes that we just haven't really seen too much recently, like maybe Dragapult come back or Gardevoir, who, you know, who knows, But um, or Mad Party. But I, I, I hope that, you know, if, as long as we can make it to, like, battle styles, um, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. I, but I just always have high hopes for new sets. I had high hopes for Vivid Voltage, too, and nothing really happened. So, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of there. Um, for me, like I, I enjoy the standard format in general. Um, as long as I'm playing best of three, or if it feels um, kind of worth my time. So events that are just like worth a couple packs online, I find it really hard for me to be like, I'm super interested in this yeah. because it's like a super like highly competitive player. Um, I'm, I'm always looking for that big prize or that big excitement. I think that's kind of what gets my thrills off in Pokemon. At the core, obviously, like, I love the game. Um, and I, I wish that the game would honestly be a little bit better right now. Um, I feel like Expanded right now, I, I don't necessarily um, have what it takes to, like, dive into Expanded. If I were to play an Expanded event tomorrow, I'd probably just look at, like, the last, like, big Expanded event and just choose a deck that I like there. Right. Um, just not putting my heart into it. Same thing with Legacy. Um, I mean, Legacy, I think, I, I also played in those eras, and I think a lot of those decks are super cool. Um, the only thing that's really tough is Pokemon's made it incredibly difficult to play in those formats due to um, card acquisition. Yeah. Um, beyond, like, a great just... job with that. No, and, like, even in those formats, like, Beach is also relevant, I think. Yeah, Beach is, um, like, really good. It, like, that card's just, like, a... Stuff. That's just, like, a, like, a problem card in those formats, because, like, I remember playing at, like... Um, before they were league cups they were city championships back mm -hmm. in the day and like if you didn't have a play set of beaches you had to know someone who had a play set of beaches and if you didn't know someone who had a play set of beaches you were at a little bit of a disadvantage but i mean legacy is cool um i still need to acquire a bunch of cards in that format so i'm saving up my coins um i mean i don't know i i kind of like these alternative formats i don't know if i have enough time to play in them like i know that even like uh Tablemon, for example, runs his own series of a future format, right? Um, yeah, I know you kind of fun. brought it up of like when you see rotation, you hope that it's a little bit better. I've been watching Tablemon's tournaments. I don't even know if the format looks better, kind of it's, like. Well, it's like, different. Which is... Yeah, the most. Zacian is still like the most played deck because Zacian is just. It's Zacian. It's just really good. It has Zamazenta, it's still Metal Saucer. Um, it might not have its tag team partners like ADP and Luke Metal, but like, yeah, Zacian is the most like played deck in the table tourneys, which is, like, it's kind of scary because fire is, like, hit really hard with rotation. So, like, yeah, really, the, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the only viable fire deck is, like, literally just that Cinderace deck that, like, I think won the tournament. Yeah, Cinder yeah. baby Cinderace is, like, the only good fire deck in the table tourney. But, like, because of, like, tag teams, like, just non-existing anymore, like, the amount of, like, fun decks you can play is, like, better. Like, that format is, like, really healthy. I really enjoy playing it. I think first two i did i played i played Waylord v with Frostmoth, so i thought it was a good meta call because you with if you, i was because like you don't have to worry about zamazenta with Waylord, and it can also take a hit and it can one shot for 240 yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I, yeah yeah i thought that was a good matchup i just got bodied by decidueye because i didn't have a counter to it um 
like Decidueye is like really good also in that format because yeah. people don't really play counters for sure. Um, yeah, and I I think the second the third table monitor, you know, the second the third one, I played a colossal, uh, not colossal V Max, but like the the colossal that accelerates oh, yeah. energy. Yeah, I played that with like it was like Talonflame, Senescorch, V Max, and Sanaconda. So like the whole idea was like you can use like Talonflame against like Zamazenta, and you can also use his fast flight attack to like try to set up a colossal. It can like dig dig for a colossal with its attack, and you can also use it to like discard energy from your hand, and it's got a free tree cost. Um, and then like the Senescorch was like just a nice way to deal with Zacian. Zacian, because if like if I were to go like just say Talonflame, it would just get one shot. Right. So like Senescorch can like take two Brave Blades. And then it can just take out Zacian and it can take out two Zacians before it gets KO'd. And like the Santa Conda was just there for like the Eternatus matchup. And uh yeah. Um, I yeah, I did okay with the deck. I almost could have maybe like bubbled top sixteen if or top thirty two, whatever, if like I had one game against Zacian where I just like got a terrible start and I just like just dead drew and I got bodied. And it was like a matchup I wanted to play against. Um, always happens. that always happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, no matter what, like even exactly. if you're playing like peak, like the most consistent deck, like you're just sometimes you're like, oh, cool. Like I have yeah. eight energies uh, in my hand. Yep. It sometimes doesn't matter. The game attorneys are really good, though. It's a really awesome format just because you got to get a peek into the future. You get to like see what's going to be good. And it's also just a format without tag teams. It has V's and V maxes, but without like tag teams, the speed of the game isn't as bad. There's also no Dedenne, but it's just, it's just Crobat. So you don't have to worry about like dead right. change and Crobat. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think. Right, and that's why, like, I always kind of try to project myself into the future, like, what's going to look like after rotation. Last week, me and Zach talked about how, what, like, fire decks just get bodied by rotation. Um, and I told them, like, they might reprint Welder or, like, something similar to it, or they might come out with a card like Frostmoth that works for fire Pokemon, whatever it might be. Um, they need to do something with fire Pokemon because mm -hmm. for, at the moment right now, all of the fire Pokemon require a high amount of energy, um, mm. especially, like, the VMAXs. So without... Uh, without a way to accelerate that energy i just don't know like how they're playable at all um and like yeah. i said they might reap it welder they might they might go a different route by giving it some some better e energy acceleration but uh to me i i feel like i'm gonna personally really like uh the next rotations format just because you know the game is is turning into like a two hit ko format more more so than just sort of like setting up and and just taking one hit ko's till you win uh which overall i think is better i think it makes boss's orders less important in a way um, especially without ADP, which takes multiple prize cards, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be better. I think they have a lot of cards they still need to make before we actually go through rotation. I think Tablemont's format is really cool, but it's still missing a lot of cards because we still have, what, like six months of, of Pokemon needing to print new cards before we, mm -hmm, we, yeah. we do rotate. So yeah, There's only, like, four sets, four or five sets in that entire tournament. Right. So, we can also we can hope for battle styles, right? Like, I mean, I think battle styles is really like we're waiting on what's coming out, yeah. um, and that like I'll I'll be fair. I think battle styles is either going to be either an amazing set or a very mediocre set. Um, base kind of base sets um, when they introduce new mechanics typically are either the strongest sets available in formats, which so far it looks pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if it's just because like I've been starving in a desert here for some interesting looking cards. Um, but I mean, I think that that's, that's it, it's looking super interesting right now. Obviously, we're, I think we're, all three of us are hyped to see what's coming out um, in that set. Um, but really, like, in because they said they're going to continue on with the mechanics, if they continue going and diving deeper into that format, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I, I could imagine a world where there's cards that have both strike cards just to kind of change yeah. up uh, gameplay. Like, the world is our oyster, basically. Um, so we'll we'll see exactly what comes out. I mean, I think that would save 
um, kind of Tablemon Pablo Mesa's format. I think that might save our standard formats and um, might add a breath of life into the expanded format. I find expanded is one of those formats where it just takes like a couple cards from each set that are the most broken. And I think expanded's um, under like it's underdeveloped. Um, kind of like where standard right now is hyper developed. Um, I think I think expanded might actually be a worse format is my hot take than our current standard. Just enough people don't play it all the time to the point where it's discovered to the point where the format's ruins. I think it just seems cool from the outside because some of these things are. But like honestly, reasonably, like we've never played enough. Like expanded's at at most like twenty percent of our metagame in, in real life play. Online, it's less than that. Um, I mean, even with the bands, I'm sure the bands make the format a little bit more healthy. Um, Expanded's a format that's kind of just like, it's like the stepchild of the family because like international championships and worlds have never done inter or have never done expanded. Um, only like a handful of regionals and maybe some locals. But um, when it comes to the most like upper echelon of competitive play, expanded does not matter. You could you could be one of the best players in the game not playing expanded. Um, right. And I, like typically, I don't do very well in expanded events. Like I got a couple top sixteens here and there at regionals. Um, it's one of those things where I, I typically do much better in standard and in real life play. So I don't know. I think my hot take is expanded's probably worse than standard right now. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I kind of agree too. Where it's like if we were to get rid of standard format and everybody in the game were to start playing expanded, they might just sort of beat that that whole format down to like what decks are the most consistent, the most viable, and then all of a sudden, forty percent of the meta share is playing Bioplume or something, right? Um, so yeah. yeah, but I think the place that the format is is good, right? Because it it it's there for the people that don't want to just play the best decks every week, right? Um, and, and play ADP every week and just dominate. So I think. I think Zach's right. Like it has the potential to be like absolutely terrifying, um, and that makes sense. But um, I think hopefully it doesn't turn into that. And I don't know if it really will, as long as we have the standard format for people like, for players like that to, to get that out of their system. But yeah, I, don't know. I think I think the main one of the main issues is expanded. It can be harder to get into because like it there's so many old cards like stuff like Computer Search, Dow's Machine. And even like Shaman before it got banned, it's like those cards are kind of hard to attain. Right. So like it can be harder for newer players to get into expanded, which is like one issue because just older cards just makes it hard to get into the format. It's yeah, it's like the same thing was Zach said earlier about Legacy. It's like Legacy's really cool. There's some budget decks you can play, but if you want to play like a top tier deck, like you have to like be rich. Like Celebi Prime is like worth. You can't even buy into it, right? Like it's mm -hmm. one of those things. Like oh, I mean, I guess you can because there's some some that are tradable online. But yeah. you have to be, like, actually rich to get those cards. Like, if I want to get Celebi Primes, like, what are they going for? Like, 100 packs right now? They're, they're like, I think it's, like, 160, 140 for, or even Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. means we get to the realm of where you can only do, like, up to 100. Like, you can't even do a uh, hundred over 100 packs online. So you have to start trading for things that are of value. It's just, like, instead of, like, dealing with currency, we're dealing with, like, gold bars of, like, quick balls and stuff like that. And yeah, things that are worth hammer. more than packs. Yeah. It's it's so crazy. Yeah, that gold crushing uh, hammer, yeah. that gold crushing hammer, like, quadrupled in price, like, in last, like, a last it's few months. It's insane, yeah. It's, yeah. it's worth more than quick ball now. But uh, yeah. that's always one thing I've always loved about the Pokemon trading card game online. Like, some people may not like, like, the whole aspect of, like, really rare and expensive cards. Um, I've always loved that. That's like always been one of my favorite things about playing the game is like trying to get these really expensive cards. Like, you know, the Seeker Rares, like back in the day, Seeker Ultra Ball, which is now like super expensive again. But the Plasma Freeze Ultra Ball is like really, really expensive. And that was like kind of what like got in, got me into like getting into like being rich on the game is like, so I've just always been fascinated by like 
yeah. the rarity of stuff. Like I have like the Charizard avatar outfit, which is like upwards of like it's probably more. It's probably worth like all, all maybe like eight or seven tropical beaches now for that entire set. Why? Huh. <laughs> it's expensive, yeah, because it was a gem item only. You had to be Canadian to obtain it. And then you got like the Mewtwo and Victini Deoxys Thunderous Vivid stuff, like though like stuff like that just really fascinates me like i've always liked that like online rare market aspect of video yeah. games it was yeah like, sure. it was the same with yeah that's what also kept me into like fortnite way back in the day um because they had fortnite like, the huh what <laughs> play fortnite in <laughs> a pokemon podcast wait what yeah we play hey we play some fortnite sometimes Matt, i play fortnite uh every single night of the week uh Matt, <laughs> maddie's like he's like my wife went went asleep and i'm like <laughs> uh, michelle's pretty cool with that she's just playing animal crossing on the couch but i'll pretend mm-hmm. like she's um <laughs> hit us up if you ever want to play some games if anyone in the thing wants to play some games maddie and i are down to play some squad sometimes and i mean we'll see what's going on yeah i'm pretty, um, ter- I'm pretty terrible but i love it i love playing <laughs> kind of the butt in on that stuff yeah no i totally got what you're saying with those things i even remember when i tuned into one of your streams and i think you were wearing like a babe sweater or something like that mm, or yeah i think that was that and i was like you know bro i didn't know that you were like a hype beast clout in real life mm-hmm. um that's, <laughs> like that's kind of like how i would put myself and it's just like um, I can't, I can't put myself for Pokemon. I don't, I don't believe in like material objects when it comes to the game. Cause like, for me, I think it's like my player mentality shows first. Like I'm not like a collector. Like I would sell my collection tomorrow without even thinking about it. Um, mm. if that's what I need to get the newest set, um, yeah. just to play some new cards. Um, well, like, yeah, with, no, I think it's, yeah. I think with it's great. Po- like, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. With Pokemon though, I guess like you can't really, you can collect like all the expensive stuff in the game. Like I do, but like, you can't really make profit off of that because you're not allowed to sell stuff in the game. So, like, even even though I do have, like, the playset of, like, Celebi Primes and, like, the I have a Tropical Beach and I have the Charizard outfit, I can't ever sell that. Like, if I were to be, like, um, yo, yeah, like, it's worth, like, what, eight Tropical Beach for that outfit? If I were to be, like, all right, yo, give me, like, $1,000 for the, I'll give you this outfit. I'll trade it to you. Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that because then that person would get banned and then I would get banned and then, like, it would just be gone forever. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, the reason why I have, like, a few, like, streetwear clothing like the bay hoodie and stuff like that it's because like it's like i like to wear that stuff for like because I, I watch a lot of rap and stuff like i'm into hip-hop music and like new school rap like trap music and stuff like that so like it's just like kind of like i'm just i guess like i watch so much of it i'm like <laughs> i see juice world wearing a bay hoodie in one of his music videos i want to buy that i want to wear it yeah. i'm not really yeah i'm not really into like designer stuff like i'm not like too big on like gucci and louis vuitton and like this is like it's really expensive like no hate if you like that stuff but like for me it's like it's just too expensive and i feel like i'm just wasting too much money so like for sure That's buying fair. streetwear yeah buying streetwear clothes like i'm like big on v loan and vape and stuff like buying streetwear clothing that's not as expensive as the high-end designer stuff i think it's just a lot more cooler it's it's still kind of expensive and it has resale value so like i could buy a bay hoodie for like i don't know like 300 dollars, and then i could like wear it for like two years and the next then i could sell it off for like 600 dollars, like right. get profit yeah, sure. yeah like streamers kind of crazy, especially like, um, especially in our generalized area. There's a lot of people who are just like really into streetwear. Like, I looked yeah, at like Toronto, Toronto buy and sells and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that's the biggest thing about like, it doesn't even matter like where you are, as long as you're like within a metro area or within an hour of like Toronto is one of the top five biggest cities in North America, yeah. easily. Um, so just like being in the, like that kind of thing, you can find whatever you want in any capacity. Uh, we even see it in like uh, I look at the Pokemon buy and sells, and people are just like flipping packs like crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel I totally feel you on the on this on the streetwear vibe. I'm also uh, to anyone who's watching, I'm totally into like rap, 
Rip Juice World, Rip X, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Uh, I, I I listened uh, to Playboy Cardi's new album recently. As uh, I don't did you? I thought yeah, that's exactly my opinion. I was like, it, it was okay. like a little bit like maybe it's like the new hyper focused new school. It, it might be. It, it's probably equivalent to our standard formats where I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm too old for this new age rap of yeah. Playboy Cardi. Like he seems to me like the Travis Scott Kanye west kind of vibe like he has this like weird cult following that i don't entirely get Mm -hmm. but like i don't necessarily know if like i feel like i'm standing on the outside uh because he had that song like that was leaking on like tiktok like kid cuddy and stuff like that and stuff like that i was like oh that song's kind of hype and like i'm definitely into like the baby voice stuff but i don't know it's kind of weird but yeah designer clothes uh especially like the high-end designers like for me, like, I always have this dream of, like, winning a regionals or doing really well at a Pokemon event and buying, like, a Louis Vuitton or a Gucci backpack. And, I mean, I've actually done pretty well, and it's just, like, bills get hit hard around those times. Like, it's expensive to fly out to these regionals and stuff, so I'm like, dang, that money's just going to go into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the Players Cup, I'm like, I can't turn my trip into that backpack. So I think that's the one thing that's keeping me going in this game. I just need to win a large sum of money to get my backpack, and then I'm out. But um, it's one of those things where I, like... For now, I'll just stick to, like, the off-white and uh, some of the Yeezy stuff because it's a little bit more um, approachable. Yeah, um, that's kind of my take, too. Man, but... I feel like a I feel like a fish out of water right now, man. I, <laughs> I'm just, like, a, I, I'd wear, like, sweatpants and, like, hand-me-downs and shit. I just, like, hang out. I just don't I – don't, I don't buy anything expensive. I don't, like I – don't, I don't, like, go hard on style or anything like that. I'm just – yeah, just chilling chill bro chill tcg exactly bro it's in the name (laughs) it's cool to exactly it's cool to listen to it from you guys though i like yeah it's like yeah like it's just like yeah collectible stuff like that has always just fascinated me that's like what got me into like big trading on pokemon tcgo it's like i just like collecting like really rare and expensive cards and either i sell them off when they go up in value like right now i'm like i'm like investing in cards that could be popular and like really expensive when like rotation hits so i'm like investing in them now while they're really cheap and then like maybe they'll go up like 30 40 packs when the rotation hits i'm like oh my god i just made profit it's crazy like I- i've often thought about it i had a few friends who asked me they're like well i know you have an online collection how much is your online collection worth and i'm like i've sank thousands upon thousands of dollars into this buying code cards and i'm like mm-hmm. it's worth a zip i'm like if they ever open those floodgates so help me god i might just sell my whole account but yeah, it's one of those things like you got to abide by the rules. Uh, anyone watching the podcast, no one here endorses the selling of cards online. Yeah. It is bad. Your account, like, I mean, LDF, you got a pretty big account. I got a big account. I mean, Maddie even has a big account. If any of us lost our account somewhere, I would I would cry myself to sleep for yeah. hours. The amount of like time and effort and stuff, even collecting those cards, it hurts. So they don't play around. Don't buy cards online. That is a gray market. It is illegal. It's kind of like going down to your neighborhood and buying drugs on the street. It's probably illegal whichever country you're in. Don't do it, kids. Don't do the drugs. Exactly. Oh, like, if I if my account ever got banned for whatever reason, I would... I mean, I'm hoping that one day I can get a demo account. Like, I've, I've tried for that before. You know what a demo account is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the account with all the cards on them. I Well, actually, recently, like, a couple months back, I sent an email out to Pokemon. I'm like... I like pitched things. I was like, it was a professional written letter. I got help from my friend Outcast to do it too. He has a demo account also. And like, I was like, yo, uh, this is my, this is my channel. This is my X amount of subs. This is my total amount of views, blah, blah, blah. I average this many views a video. And I had like a big description of my content and why I would want a demo account. I'm like, I make content on every format with every card in the game. 
which I don't have access to all the time. So having a demo account would mean it would just make it easier to make that content. Right. And Pokemon hit me back with a, oh, we are not giving them out right now. I'm like, no, dude. You're like, which, I like, <laughs> they stopped that a while ago. I think like Pablo mm-hmm. got one of the last ones. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, I yeah. shouldn't say they stopped doing them. Demo accounts still exist. Um, I actually had the privilege of being able to play with a Pokemon unlocked account for the Players Cup because they they didn't want card acquisition, especially with Vivid Voltage just coming out. So everyone got access to their own special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few of us asked um, for the we're like, are we able to like keep this account? Is this like a special bonus? And they're like, you do not get access to the account. Uh, do not like change to do not change the password or anything like that. I mean, the password was, I, I don't even remember what the password was. I think it was, like, some Pokemon in an exclamation mark. Like, huh. you could you could probably crack the code. Don't try to crack the code. But it's one of those things where, um, I mean, hopefully, especially for content creators, anyone new. Um, like, could you imagine starting Pokemon and, like, Pokemon still booming in five years, starting a YouTube channel because you just grew into Pokemon and being, like, uh, I need to, like, invest, like, $20,000 in codes to get all these old things. Like, it's tough. Yeah. So hopefully they like, have a creator program in the future. Right. That could happen, like some of Fortnite. Well, one thing is, like, a lot of the people with demo accounts, there's, like, a fair amount of them that don't even make content anymore. So it's, like, there's a chance that, like, I've always been, like, Pokemon should maybe update their demo account users because, not saying the, like, there's still people with demo accounts that make videos like Team Fish, Knuckles, Tablemon. Yeah. Uh, I think those are, like, two of the people I can think of. I know, like, Trainer Chip got one recently for casting. And, like, I think, yeah. like, Omnipoke has one, too, for casting. But, like, in terms of having an account just for content creation and, like, making new decks and stuff, like, I feel like a lot of the new age YouTubers, like me, Azul, and maybe, like, Mahone, would maybe, like, benefit from having one. Like, I think they could, like, that'd be cool if they would update the demo account yeah. users and, like, because, like, Dark Integral and Yellow Swallow don't make content anymore. They had demo accounts. If they don't, if they, you know, if they, if they quit YouTube for whatever reason, those accounts are gone and, like, it's just all the new wave of YouTubers, they don't have them. So, like, if Pokemon reached out to a few of the new big creators and were, like, Hey, here's some demo. Here's in a demo account. You guys can like create your content, get every card in the game, especially when a new set drops. Like, yeah, I know like I have a sponsor, so I, I don't really have to worry about new set releases anymore. But like, it's still hard to get all the new cards, like day one prices. If I wanted to make a colossal VMAX video when Vivid Voltage came out, I probably would have had to spend like upwards of 150 Vivid Voltage packs, which I could have then invested into like four yeah. or five secret uh, quick balls. Right. So it's like, it's so like, that's one reason why I do want a demo account. And like, I think po- it'd be cool if Pokemon did more stuff with their content creators in general not just demo accounts yeah um just like even to, so, like like they're not they get they lease it out yeah mm-hmm. i feel like, like a cool sorry mm. there you go there you go like a like a cool idea i thought of for like like for like what they could do with content creators is like i know like call of duty did this thing where like when a new dlc comes out they'd fly out youtubers to like their like studios to like pre-record all the new call of duty maps and stuff like something like that would be kind of cool like Except, like, instead of, like, flying us out, it could be, like, oh, your account can get access to these new cards, but you have to battle each other. So, like, I don't know, like, say, like, me and, like, Tablemon got the new sets, like, early, like, a week or two early. And it's, like, Pokemon, put the cards in our account just for, like, for that event only. And it's, like, you can battle each other, record the new decks, and you can, like, upload them, like, yeah. a couple of days before the That'd set be, drops. That like would that. be super cool. Like, just, like, a creator, like, like weekend or whatever for, like, a new yeah. set whenever it drops. And I feel like mm-hmm. they, they don't lose anything by giving these people these you know these demo accounts because yeah you know not only like it just it just brings awareness around the game and around each new set when it comes out all the new cards it just makes yeah. sense to me and i it i would it hypes the game up exactly it's i mean like, i wouldn't it's expect advertisement exactly i wouldn't expect it from me like i have like you know i, I have like less sure. than a thousand subs or anything like that but there's people that literally make content every every day like multiple times a week on all the new cards on all the new decks and a lot of times even though like future co- future 
format content um or like you know they'll 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 go heavy on trading for that first like day or two right to get all the cards Mm -hmm. immediately and then you know they spend all the time the money the effort the packs and then they make their content but it's like you really don't need to like force them to do that every set yeah that's like i'm not saying pokemon tcg content creators should be like privileged or anything it's just like it's like when because you're subscribed to the channel to watch the new decks and when new decks can be so hard to obtain because the insane value of like the packs day one and the cards day one it's like even like not even day one like even the first week it can be hard to make a lot of the new decks yeah for sure it's like that's why i'm like advocating like maybe pokemon should like give a couple more content creators demo accounts just to like help with like making making new decks work and stuff and like being able to provide the new cards without those content creators having to blow a bag on like all the new stuff or even if they just gave them like a few hundred packs and was like you just have to open these you can't trade them yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool like uh, some locked packs but at the same time i think like i don't know i think magic the gathering has a a creator program of some sort and i mean maddie and i are small fries compared to you for sure i mean like we're on our path and i mean everyone's got to start off somewhere um but i mean i think if if some kind of account if they gave it accounts kind of like on a lease them off to players for a year they're Mm. like you you met the certain requirements you can have this account for a year as long as you continuously make active you could reapply again in a year and you could just have it as long as you keep on creating content but i mean i agree with you that i feel like some some demo accounts are definitely like fallen and they probably like they're so valuable to anyone who's using them here, right? Like, mm-hmm. all three of us would just, like, die at the chance of having an actual demo account to use. Um, or anything. Like, I, I just think that, um, I don't know. With Pokemon con- with Pokemon being online only right now, or at least online only um, for most of the world, I think it'd be super cool if there's just a little bit more to help us out in content creation in all different ways. Even if there was just like, hey, you want to know, we saw that you have a YouTube channel. Here's a hundred packs from the Pokemon company, or it's a hundred packs for every 5,000 subs or something. You have like, I would mm-hmm. die if Pokemon sent me five extra packs and you're like, hey, Zach, we saw a video. I'd be like, oh, I got the warm and fuzzies. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. That's what, that's what we got going on there. I mean, there's also content creation on in real life play. Um, kind of transitioning into our, um, kind of another topic. How do you how do y'all feel like um, Pokemon's going to go from online play? Because right now we have all these online events. Like you got the Hegsters on the Mondays, you got the Chills on the Wednesdays. I um, mean, obviously there's the other events like Limitless, and we talked about Pablo series. So there's a lot of great events to play every single night of the week. I mean, the other day I looked and I think there was like actually ten events running on a Sunday. There was something nine, like that. Yeah, like, there were nine events on one day. Maddie's yeah, like, I know this for a fact. <laughs> I know, it, sometimes man. it's a little bit much like as a player i'm like dang which events do i play and i could play in events all day long um it's kind of like an online casino nowadays where like you could just play games all the time and i think i think a lot of these people do like uh cash man plays all the time yeah. who else do we see playing all the time uh i know Gabe i mean I, I see gabriel Gabe smart man. plays all the time uh yeah, sometimes he sleeps through danny 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 sleeps through the first rounds quite often probably from playing too many of the events but um, what do you guys think the transition is going to look like to in real life play? Like, obviously, in a safe world, um, I know a lot of places are starting to get the COVID vaccine. Um, yeah. How do, how do you guys think it's really going to take? I mean, LDF, I'd like to hear your take on it. Like, what do you think is going to happen um, for Pokemon Wait, in, in a perfect world or however, how, how do you paint it out? Well, like, the way I look at it, it's like the Limitless website, I feel like was only created because of the pandemic. If we never had the pandemic, I actually feel like that site may not have been a thing right away. Like it I agree. still might've been, yeah, it still might've been possible, but like 
no one would really, especially when everything reopens, the online tournament scene is going to probably be a bit smaller. But like this tournament site honestly might be one of the best things the Pokemon TCG community has ever had. I know. Like it's insane. So like I think, Dude. yeah, when when IRL play comes back, at first it might be a little foggy. It's like, well, why'd you go to this event? You know, it's not, you know, it's not like COVID's like gone now. But it's like, I think when everything is back to normal, like we could even have a Worlds this year. If we don't have a Worlds, I do think IRL play might be back up and running by fall. Um, like that might just be they, they might just like reopen Pokemon online play instead of having a Worlds this year because of the lack of tournaments that we would have right now. Because if they started in May, it's like, well, there's not like what any I've seen, like maybe like a couple of League Cups. Like, how are you gonna right. like there's not enough points in people? So they might honestly just like the 2021 2022 season, I think we'll just start up in the fall. I think the online tournament scene will probably still be pretty popular. It's a pretty good thing to have for like testing. So, like, if yeah. like there's a big yeah, there's like a big NEIC coming up, like you know the following like couple days earlier and then it's like okay i can just like play in an online tournament and test the deck i want to bring to this tournament and then like like maybe they'll have to have it where it's closed deck list so like if like if i were to like test something for like the big tournament coming up in a few days on it in, in a, on a tournament on the limo site i'd probably want it to be closed deck list because i i might not want to see people don't want it like i don't want to show people what i'm playing right so like i'll run into people like in the in the rounds and they get to see what i'm playing but like I maybe wouldn't want to have the deck list public so like anyone can just click on it and see oh right. this is what this player was playing oh cool he's bringing this to NEIC or whatever so like for sure I think it'll be a good yeah it'll be good for testing for sure that's I think the the online tournament site will be great for just testing for tournaments yeah. still I got I have a little bit to say on it um as somebody who runs tournaments I I don't know like obviously my opinion doesn't matter more but like I might have a different perspective like for me, like, there's so many different types of these online tournaments. Like, we have such a, a wide variety of them. Like, any day you could play in five different tournaments. Um, and sometimes those, some of those tournaments are expanded events. Sometimes they're standard events. Sometimes they're best of three. Uh, sometimes they're, you know, big events. Sometimes they're small events. I know for me, like, there's, at this point currently, there's probably, like, three, four, maybe five weekly tournament series that collectively... You know, every week they get a lot of players. Things like Hexters, like Limitless, um, like the Sunday Open even, like they get good numbers and then even like Chill Series, right? Uh, every week on our respective days, like we'll play. And I think for those for those bigger, more established weekly events, even after everything goes back to normal with IRL events, I think we'll still have enough of a player base to do that every week. And I don't think it'll be 300 people every week. Not, you know what I mean? But I think even yeah. if it's like 150 or, or 100 people every week, that's still enough, um, especially to do it. And um, at the same time, there's those events that like the GG Tour events that, that we run with, um, you know, along with them where they're, they're big cash prize events and they're over a weekend um, and they're best of three. Um, I know, like, and you mentioned closed deck lists, like since we, we try to emulate regional tournaments with those online tournaments um, with GG Tour, like, we might make those closed deck lists just to sort of give people an outlet to play like a, a regional tournament, but online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I feel like those tournaments, the prize pools might get smaller, right? If less people play in them. But even if people just come out every month to play in one tournament it, and, and that's the tournament, I still think that that section of the online scene will still be relevant even after IRL events come back. Um, unless there's something going on on that weekend, of course, like, like an actual regional yeah. or whatever, but. Um, I mean, another way to look at it too, like um, there was the JGB um, events online before the pandemic um, and they were running off of, they used to run off of Poke Beach um, and it was uh, Jeffrey Blake who was running the events 
um and he eventually gave it over to atlas and drayden um but i mean those are running over irl play and they were fairly popular as well because it allows you to play against a lot of players um in kind of like different areas as well because that's a cool thing about playing online um I, I consider myself fairly lucky to travel to these international championships. I'm in a financial position to do so. Um, whereas a lot of players, unfortunately, cannot go to Australia. Right. On, like in a normal yeah. weekday and just be there for two weeks and play some Pokemon. Um, but I get a chance to play against players who speak Japanese. I get a plans, chance to play against Portuguese players, like players from all over. I mean, that's something that we see online too. Um, so I think that's going to be a big draw going forward is just like having more of a global globalized game. Um, we can even look at players like, uh, I know we already talked about Cash a little bit in here, but um, under TPCI's uh, kind of new thing with uh, TPCI Japan or TPCI um, Asia, Cash is not even under our globalized game anymore. Kind of in this side set game um, for a lot of the Asian playing countries. Um, and he's able to play in um, these events with all the other players as well. Right. So it's it's weird that we have like one of the top players in the online game right now. Um, which is definitely just like one of the top players in the game right now. Yeah, um, he's a big center sports guy. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, he's even done well with other decks too. It's just one of those things that I think it's so crazy that um, once in real life play comes back that we kind of lose one of our players in a way. Um, I mean, I mean, it's going to be a lot of things for that because Singapore used to play and a lot of um, they play in OCIC. I see Singapore players travel to NAIC. Right. Um, like players travel for the game. Um Kind of a kind of a little. That's a little bit of a rant, but I think mm. inner life play to, um, or sorry, online play to inner life play is going to be interesting. Obviously, like there's going to be kind of a, that taboo because where we entered into the pandemic, I remember in February, it's just like um, there's players playing in league cups in like March, um, right until when everything closed down, and those players were like, "You're going to catch coronavirus," and it was all kind of like witch hunty and like pitchforky i think it's yeah. probably going to be the same thing on the outside like there's a couple friends that i see who play in in real life tournaments i don't know if particularly i i don't play in in real life tournaments i don't want to comment on anything like that because i'm not i don't want to be judgmental um i personally do not think it's a great idea to be playing in real life like i'm a bit of a germaphobe a bit i stay at home i wear a mask yeah, everywhere definitely like, like yeah <laughs> right now yeah, yeah yeah i agree like it, i i just think outside world is gross and grimy and like hand sanitizer is my best friend kind of vibe i just want to be safe and stay alive and play pokemon in our life and i think that does kind of my part um but once 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 we get over that and there's a majority i think there has to be some kind of threshold where there's like a vaccine um or people who have accepted a vaccine in order to like allow for travel to happen like i don't think anyone who does not have a vaccine is going to be allowed on a plane i think you're gonna to have to have paperwork with your passport yeah i um, agree stuff like that going forward yeah, it's gonna be big changes for sure. Yeah. So obviously the world's gonna be changed. Like I think regionals, like the first regionals back, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be wearing a mask. Like I feel like that sounds like I feel I, like I think germ Yeah, personally I feel like in events like that and in conventions, whenever you get hundreds of people in one place, I feel like it should be a standard to have people wear masks. Like similarly like to like an airport or like a train station. I just feel like with that many people around, like you're always in so such close proximity with people, you're always touching things. Like I to me, like a mask should be, you know, I'm not saying if you leave your house, you need to wear a mask, but like if you're going to go to a place where they're recommended the same way that you discourage ADP, a mask should be recommended to that. Yes. Like if yeah. you look at the places that converted to mask wearing very quickly, or if you look at a lot of um, the Asian culture um, where they were all wearing masks, like their mask wearing societies, 
So they mm. already had masks introduced before in North America. Like I didn't own a mask before the pandemic. Same. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things like I, I like adapting it. I will wear a mask in the future. I like wearing a mask when I go grocery shopping. I actually feel like in the winter season, usually like most people get like a fever, a cold, a flu. I feel like I've been less sick. I feel yeah. like in general, like after regionals, there's times where I feel like I got hit with a dump truck of just like absolute dirt and grime. Like card playing games are gross if you think about it. Yeah. Like sweat yeah, and like, grime and people eating their slice of pizza and getting the oil dripping on there. It's yeah. gross, right? Like, so I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit better going forward um, from that. The thing that I'm kind of more interested in, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be starting Pokemon. Um, I like my my hot take is Worlds. It's going to be virtual this year. Um, Probably. That'd be cool. I, like, I don't see any way that we'd ever be playing Worlds in London. I think they're going to do a virtual themed website and probably have some big online tournaments with mm -hmm. players who have earned a certain threshold and then they'll figure out travel awards and stipends. I mean, this is all like what I think. I, I, I don't think we're going to be playing Worlds in London. If we are, I'll be in London. I mean, I'll get the COVID vaccine and go. Let's go. Right. But um, it's one yeah. of those things where um, I think we're probably going to be playing for um, 2022 um probably after i think that's probably a safe time that i assume that we'd start playing again um and play a half season um but we'll see how the world goes there's nothing that we can control everything is just hypothetical i'm more interested to see how some of these top players like um for example thomas brophy um just won their first event online the sunday open which is a pretty big one it's not like one of those like yeah hey i want a 10 person event at two o'clock in the morning kind of event like they want a legitimate online event so congrats to, to thomas yeah um i've never known i never heard about thomas um in in real life play it's a player who if you ask me the name is i'd be like did i play him at a league challenge one time like who is this person who are they um where where are these players really gonna are they going to shine when play returns to IRL. We have like some players who dominate these events. We've seen like Caleb Rogerson as well. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously a seniors division player, but will these players continue to take their tra uh, progression from online to in real life? Right. What are you guys' yeah. thoughts on that? Well, like kind of my take is like, we have seen like a big new wave of like new players that have been able to like take over the online scene and become like some of the best players in the online scene. Like, you got to think before the pandemic, some of the biggest names in the TCG for like IRL play, you had like, of course, you had Azul, you had, you know, Danny Altadila, um, you know, I think it was like Caleb Gedmir. Um, yeah, of course, you yourself, Zach Lesage, was another like big name player. And then there's like other people like Igor Costa, Jason Klasinski, um, people like those people. And like now, like you still have like Azul and like Danny and like stuff like around in the online scene, but we are seeing like a big new wave of new names taking over the online scene and like becoming like top players in the game in the online scene so right. and it's like they weren't well like as known before the pandemic happened so it is interesting to kind of see this new wave of people come in yeah for uh, sure i think i think like and i'm not saying like if you're if you didn't have success in irl and then all of a sudden when these online scenes came up and you did really well i'm not saying that you're less like of a player in any means but i i feel like a lot of the players um who have been doing in the all online events doing well in the online events um, I think not only are they good players, but they're the they're the people that have the dedication and the time to sit down at their computer every night, right, and play for six hours mm -hmm. and compete. And and a lot of times those aren't the same people that are able to get on a plane, fly to all these tournaments, um, you know, pay for all the IRL cards. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's a whole different experience. And there's a lot of other things that go go into it, you know. And I think that a lot of times the top IRL players are not only the best players in the game, but they're the people that have dedicated their time and their and their um 
their money just in, in just in sort of like overall their 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 in real life experience to it whereas i think you know just a lot of these people who are who are dominating the online scene are able to play every day um i'm not saying they're not good players they are but they they're able to put that time in because it's easier for them to put that time in with the online circuit than it is the, the irl circuit um and uh part of me feels like that like that hardcore audience of of online players are going to stay after we go back to everything being normal um and it's going to be weird i feel like the community might be split into like two parts i'm not saying there won't be people that cross over but i agree yeah there's going to be like the irl competitive scene and the online competitive scene and i think it's only a matter of time before pokemon really steps in and and they can take control of the online scene themselves but yeah, yeah like, I mean, honestly, like, as a player, like, um, without any bias, I hope that, like, they continue on with, like, the Players Cup, like, I know they announced the Players Cup 3, but let, let's say in real life play started tomorrow, I'd hope that there would be a Players yeah. Cup 4, right? Um, and a Players Cup 5, I think, just them just growing their online competitive scene is the biggest um, fast track to us being considered an esports. Um, like, I'll put it like this, if I had the same accomplishments in, like, League of Legends or something, I wouldn't be on a podcast with you guys right now. I'd be on my yacht right now popping bottles, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it's kind of like the sad reality of Pokemon, where Pokemon's the biggest IP in the world in general. Um, but when it comes to our niche of Pokemon trading card games or Pokemon trading card games online, we are not Magic the Gathering Arena. We are not Hearthstone. We are not Fortnite. We are not League of Legends. Um, yeah. And I mean, I can only hope that one day that we're signing checks and i'm living in a mansion in uh beverly hills or something like that just vibing out but um until we get to that point um i think online play is incredibly important um to kind of continue yeah. on with the form or kind of continue on with the discussion i think that um a lot of these players that do well online like i'm just looking through the list here of players that um for example anti anti-loader um logan mckay yep. for example another fellow canadian I know that um, they might not be able to go to every single regional championships. Obviously, one of the top players online. Um, I think it's going to be weird when these players... Um, I think it's going to be a rude reality when the entry cost to a regional championships is $50. And that's just adjusting, like... I think the regional cost might go up because there might need to be hand sanitizers, masks, yeah. and yeah. more like more space, less tables. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was $70 to $100 now um, just to account for inflation whatever this is how the only way you're playing in regionals bros like this is how it's gonna go um i think it's gonna be a rude awakening when an event's not free or doesn't cost a single online pack of vivid voltage um, yeah, and then players different. also don't factor in that they need to get a hotel room and that yeah. they need to um exactly. buy in real life food like they can't be like oh yeah i'm gonna eat mr noodles and drink tap water today Exactly. Um, I mean, like, I'm not trying to say that there's some players that have that little bit of money. Like, there's something like I'm drinking water, right? But like, when I'm at a tournament, like, I know that I pay on average like 500 US per flight yeah. out of Toronto. Um, and each event um, that I fly to, I have to put in some kind of like, I have like a spreadsheet that I try to get an ROI that tells me a placement that I have to do. Um, I think some players are going to struggle with that a little bit, especially like some of these like rising stars. They might be like, dang i don't have a twenty thousand dollar bankroll to play pokemon dang i don't like i like i i don't know how to travel i don't have a credit card i don't have a car right i've never been on yeah. a plane before exactly. Um, exactly i i'm 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 like in the case of like anti anti is not even a like he's not even he's still a minor right and not to like call it any player for that like if they're a minor i just mean it's gonna be difficult for some of these like rising stars to play pokemon at the same level that they're used to playing i'm um, playing seven days a week 
Right. Um, so I think it's going to be a bit of a rude awakening. And I think even like a lot of these players that started during the pandemic, because I think there's a lot of players who had to start during the pandemic, um, starting playing Pokemon. Um, PTCGO is a little autonomous, whereas in real life, shuffling cards. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sometimes you just like zone out and you don't know you're shuffling a deck. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of like really poor judge calls at the beginning. Like, yeah. not even from the judges. I feel like there's going to be a lot of heartbreaks. Like, I didn't set down my prizes. What do you mean that's a game loss? Yeah, right. Your opponent on. just can't DC in front of you, right? Like, yeah. I feel like there's kind of an intimidation factor. Um, yeah, like so, online, everything is, like, done for you. Like, the shuffle. Exactly. Like, even if you don't do anything for 15 seconds, the card, like, shakes to give you, like, the Jirachi's, like, oh, you could use Stellar Wish. Mm -hmm. Here, I feel like there's going to be a lot right. of players using Stellar Wish twice because Pokemon doesn't let you. Like, there's bugs with Pokemon, but Pokemon doesn't let you kind of break the rules. Right. Um, in real life, it's kind of, like, an open forum. I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, what a lot of these online players, as they try to transition to in real life play. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of... Um, Pokemon's going to be messy for a bit. I think that's kind of, like, where my... I think Pokemon's going to be messy for the next few years um, yeah. once in real life play kind of returns. I maybe agree. Maybe a few years, a little bit too much, but maybe, like... I'd say at least like the first six months, I feel like it's going to be pretty gross uh, just in real life play. And then I, I think we're just going to be a shell of what we were before. I think like in most aspects of life, like if you look around your block, there's probably restaurants closing. There's probably like stores that you went to that are like shuttered down. Um, mm -hmm. I think the world more or less kind of to put it in more open thing is going to be a bit of a shell. Yeah. Yeah. The world, it's going to be weird when everything reopens. Cause like there's going to be people who like just, they're more used to just the whole like pandemic style yeah and it's like it's gonna be kind of crazy and it, like even in my area like a lot of like the bars that i me and my my age group always go to like a lot of the bars are shut down there's a few restaurants like that me and um a couple of my friends would like to go to all the time they're now shut down permanently like they're closed forever Jeez. like one there's like a popular flea market in my area that like i used to go to all the time to get collectibles like i have a huge funko pop collection and like i used to get them all over there but like the flea market like ended up closing down because of covid so like it's kind of crazy just all these places that like i used to go to all the time before the pandemic they're gone now and like yeah. i don't know if they're gonna come back when everything is like comes back i don't know if they right. like you know it's it's just so it's so crazy the time we live in and pokemon will be the same like i think people won't be used to the old style of playing in real life they're more used to the online stuff so yeah and I it'll think, definitely be different yeah. at first for sure. And I think it, it'll take a while before it goes back to how it was. Like, even if things open up and they run tournaments again, you might get, like, less players. You might get, you know, things are just not going to be the same for a while, even if we do go back relatively soon. And uh, to hit on your point earlier, Zach, I feel like the uh, there's a huge portion and there's a specific, like, like uh, age age demographic for the online tournament series as compared to, like, the, the IRL events. Like, I think that a lot of times these players who are doing really well and consistently place well in the online events are the people that are, are the, are the, you know, the players that are sort of between the ages of like 15 and like 18 or like 14 yeah. and 18. And these are, these are what, these are, this is like an age group where of course they don't have like the money, the job, um, the time. A lot of times they're in school to go and travel to spend on, on all the stuff they would need for IRL events, but they're also not young enough to where their parents are like 100% supporting them. You know what I mean? So like sure. if you were if you were like 10 or, or 11 or whatever uh, and you were like a, a really into it competitive player, like your parents might fund you to go play in the tournaments and such. Um, but if you're like a teenager, they're like, no, like do your homework, like, you know what I mean? Or if you're in college, stuff like that. So I, I feel like that's the main demographic of like the online competitors that do really well all the time that just won't be able to, you know, 
do it. Yeah, Pokemon. Like I like I my my dad cut me off of um kind of pocket money when I was fifteen. Yeah. Like don't get me like he would always like I was I was always well fed. I could always do whatever, but he's like, Look, you wanna go to this tournament in the city, uh you gotta take the bus or you gotta take a taxi or something like that. He's like, Look, you're gonna have to work for that or use your allowance. He's like, You're not using my dis like disposable income. And I mean that eventually came down to you are i'm not flying you to our regional championships mm-hmm. or i'm not t- like your family like our family vacation was going to worlds like i didn't grow up in the most like right. rich family like we did okay like we could go on a vacation but we were like middle class kinda... lower middle class that sounds kind of sweet though little vacation yeah, no. go to world yeah. yeah yeah no but i mean it's one of those things like where like a lot of the times like my brother like would have like a paid trip to go to worlds or something like that and like we'd all make it a family vacation all go together whatever so it's one of those things where, like, like I think a lot of players are going to have to start figuring out unique ways. Um, I, I know I've talked to a lot. I coach a lot of players, and I'm like, look, guys, like, there's a point where, like, your parents that are multimillionaires are going to, like, maybe, like, give you a rude awakening. You don't want to be, like, 18 and be, like, a bummy celebrity in, like, wherever, Florida, L.A. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's one of those things, like, start, like, doing these small chores around the house. Maybe start creating content, Twitch streams. You can earn a little bit of revenue, like anything mm-hmm. that's pocket money. Like, for like, I look at all these players. There's even people that are on my own like squad of people that I test with. I'm like, why are you guys not Twitch streaming? Why are you guys not right. um, creating YouTube content? Why are you guys not writing articles? I know that not every single opportunity, but a lot of these things, like all three of us can say, like at one point we started making YouTube content ourselves mm-hmm. um, in varying capacities, and it's something you have to grow. Because as Maddie and I are experiencing, it doesn't happen overnight. You just don't get a thousand sub. You don't get like LDF. You have what thirteen k subs, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just hit thirteen k today, actually. Congratulations, by the way. Thank That's you. like we're looking out here and being like, this is the juicy prize of the future. We get to be LDF someday, hopefully, if okay. we make it right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh... maybe we could be featured on the Yellhorn podcast one day. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, no, it's one of those things where like I think like players just need to figure out different ways. Obviously, like. there's ways in the game of things that you love and find ways to surround yourself with um possible revenue streams i think that's my recommendation for any of these uh those uh seniors to young masters when the game comes up save your money um try to do some investments find some things that you could hustle take the gary v kind of way um flipping stuff yeah exactly right like flip some cards go to garage like whatever is safe for you to do so if you can make some kind of income that's like cool to you yeah. just start doing it listen don't i'll tell you what not to do don't run tournaments if you're looking to make money man you're just going to lose out on money and time it's not where the money's at man i, I just, mm-hmm. just want to put that out there yeah um, like personally in my opinion content creation is a great like great revenue income stream like youtube and twitch are pretty good like i like just started on twitch like just recently yeah so like i'm not like I'm not super into Twitch just yet. Like, I don't even know much about it, to be honest. Like, sometimes yeah. in my stream, I, I, like, learn something new every day about what I can do to improve my stream. Yeah. But um, YouTube videos, it's, it's a great way to, like, kind of grow as a person and, like, a content creator because, like, Twitch, like, there's a lot of people that do stream on Twitch. YouTube, in the in terms of, like, big content creators, YouTube yeah. economy isn't as big as, like, you might think. There's only, like, there's maybe, like, around, like, 20 or so content creators right now that are, like, fairly large in the pdcgo scene right so like there's still like there's still room for more people to like come into the scene like it's not like there's an oversaturation like with fortnite or yeah, call yeah, of yeah. duty pdc I, there's still yeah. like a large base I, yeah, like, we're, I think- a ni- we're a niche hobby so there's got to be a way like there's going to be a niche bit of like you're one of a few right like if you were mm-hmm. to ask me like who are the biggest peeps on youtube i'd be like 
you got Mahone, you got Omnipoke, you got Tablemon, Azul, you got yourself. I mean, there's really not too many. Like, mm -hmm. when you get into, like, the 10,000-plus sub-range, they're either talking about Pokemon strictly just as Pokemon, or, like, it's very few TCG-related or PTCGO-related. Yeah, like, PTC, like, the problem with PCGO long-term is it's, like, it's not as popular as, like, the video games or even like the IRL collecting card scene. Like right. the biggest PDCGO YouTuber right now, I think is either Mahone or PDCG radio. And they, I think Mahone has 62 K. I think then... it's about 60 for each of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the fact that the biggest PDCGO channel only has, well, I think dark integral still counts, but okay. he had like what? 71,000 subscribers. It's like the biggest PDCGO YouTuber only has like roughly like 70 K subs. Like that tells you like, the 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 long-term viability of like making it a hobby or like a, even a job it's like it's a bit harder to do because it's not as popular as like irl like the pokemon tcg really blew up i feel like in 2020 especially yeah. like with logan paul and stuff yeah i like, I, I agree dude i think like mm -hmm. and if you look at people that just like literally open packs and film it like they'll have millions of subscribers where it's like yeah it's like and then once people start com competitively playing the game Especially through the online client, the numbers whittle down very, very dramatically. And yeah, um, that's a labor that's of love. My... Yeah, you can go on. Oh, oh I, I just think that Pokemon's like a labor of love. I mean, I don't think uh, anyone here is is chasing a huge paycheck when it comes to Pokemon content creation. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure people have all ideas. They're probably like, "Chill, TCG must make so much ad rep." Like, neither of us up here either of us uh, even hit the thousand sub we're not even monetized on youtube yet even for yourself i'm sure that it's like not to look down upon content creation or anything like that like i, you, I don't think that pokemon content creation is making you a multi-millionaire right now no um, it like in the same, like it, yeah it, it i'm sure there's some real numbers you feel free to not discuss those i don't even think we need to discuss those we'll keep it we'll keep the mystery yeah. shrouded yeah. in pokemon but i think it's one of those things where like people like for me like sometimes like i even have to go like i'm a pokemon tcg like i i i 100 make my income off of things of coaching players writing articles stuff like that but also do like i'll call maddie and i'm like i'm doing uber eats right now like i'm just trying to make an extra check it was christmas time like being for real for real like it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta figure it out um and content creation's not 100 where it's at but I think it's a it, it's a really good revenue stream, especially like especially in a multi revenue stream. If you have multi revenue streams, it's a good one. Right. Yeah, like I I know like YouTube and Twitch they 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 pay okay. Like YouTube can have like months where you're like like when you when you guys do get monetized, you'll you'll sometimes have months where it's like you'll get decent money, and then like some months it'll drop off. Whether or not you know your views are up or down, but it's like YouTube monetization can be really like iffy sometimes. I think Pokemon's like a pretty safe like yeah. platform though, like. For money wise like there's nothing really like get you demonetized or anything right i know i don't like i know twitch like actually pays pretty well so like just yeah. even starting like a small twitch channel or like having a twitch and a youtube when you get to the point where you get monetized on youtube you can make like a you know a couple hundred bucks a month and then twitch you know depending on how large your following is and how good your sub emotes are maybe you can make like a, even upwards of like 500 dollars a month just from having those which can right. pay for the expenses to go into a big tournament so yeah streaming, I do think... is, streaming is like that new it used to be youtube kind of like back in the day um, yeah when, like when people had like when you had a hundred thousand subs on youtube like you were actually doing like pretty well now you mm -hmm. need like a million subs to like really have like you know a, a large amount of money on twitch like twitch has become that new sort of place where like you know even if you're not one of the bigger people like if you, you can still really make a good 
you know school's killing it right now like i i would love to look into those numbers too like i look at it and i'm like <laughs> I'll, I'll stream every once in a little while and I'm, I'm sitting here pretty with like my eight sub points like i i it's a struggle in all aspects but i mean it's one of those things where like you look at some of the bigger peeps um some of the big fish in our small sea and uh they're crushing it right now so i mean it's super cool like like you said i think it's a really good idea to if you like pokemon and pokemon tcg find something in your passion that can earn you a little bit of side money maybe that's to go to your next league cup maybe that's to crack your next booster box right. whatever um just start doing something i think that's uh yeah every everyone here has started to do something at some point tournaments playing pokemon making youtube content um we all excel in different areas and it's one of those things where just do it because it's not going to get done and it's a long road of pain <laughs> there's a mm -hmm. lot of pain that goes into it there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that go into every single thing that all three of us do and i think it's one of those things where um really just pushing it um figure out what you can do i, um, I, I agree man. i don't know maddie do you have a i think we kind of touched on all the subjects we want to talk about yeah, yeah well, I mean, one thing yeah, yeah actually one thing i do want to say quickly um getting into youtube content it's just i got some advice for people getting into it sure um since you know i i know a lot about it so, and, like, us, think, like, and us yeah <laughs> it's pretty yeah <laughs> We're right here, like, woo! <laughs> some, some of the best advice I can give if you are wanting to get into YouTube, um, you don't have to have insane equipment and stuff. Like, that's one thing I know a lot of people, like, I see people, like, want to start off on YouTube. They'll get, like, the most insane equipment. They'll get, like, the highest-end microphone, uh, insane, like, lighting equipment, the highest-quality DSLR webcam, $2,000 insane camera, and, like, they'll have, like, a $30,000 gaming PC. It's, like... They invest so much money into their YouTube channel. We, you don't really have to do like, yeah, you're not going to get a return investment right away. Like for me right now, I don't have the greatest equipment for YouTube. I have an okay webcam. I have a decent mic. Um, I actually make my videos on a laptop. I actually don't have a gaming PC. I'm working on building one. Um, so hopefully I can get one soon. But like, I don't have insane equipment. I have invested myself with like my webcam and like my microphone and like I have a, the, the, the wall foam things, whatever the acoustic foams yeah, on yeah, the wall yeah. for like sound and stuff like that but like start off on youtube you don't have to have the most insane equipment you can start off with whatever you have and you can grow from there definitely i do think upgrading is a very important step in making content another good piece of advice i can give uh to people starting off on youtube and it doesn't even have to be for pcgo but it can be like any game find like a creative niche like i feel like doing content that like everybody else is doing like like i'm not like saying like making a video on like the best competitive decks in the format is like bad, but I feel like there's a lot of people doing that right now. So I feel like I finding a, yeah, finding like a niche, a special idea, like something that like no one's doing right now, putting that into your content. You can even add that even to your own personality. Like if you have a really good personality, you can just boom. Like you can even, you can make content. You can make, oh, this deck just won a tournament. I'm going to make a video on it. And I'm sure like, you know, Mahone and Azul will probably do that too. So like, if you have like a really good personality like a really cool editing style that you can add to the video you can make that video like work and you can make it so that you can stand out from the crowd and i guess like for me like my niche is like i make videos on like every card i can for content it's like hey this card exists this card will never win a tournament but right. you know what it'll it be cool to yeah. yeah it'll i think people would enjoy watching this card in action it might not win a game but it'll be cool to see the card do what it does for energy. Or the cool strategy or the end goal or like whatever. Some some things are a yeah. little bit far fetched, but I mean no, I definitely saw I've definitely watched some of your content, um, long time watcher. And it's one of those things where I mean I think the concept's really cool of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean that's kinda like when I started making YouTube videos, like I kinda go like I went into it 
like i mean obviously other people that run tournaments might make videos you know what i mean i'm not saying i'm the only one that does it but that was really where i tried to like be different where i was like hey like when you have a tournament and like you play in the tournament like you can if you, if you place well like you'll make it onto the videos if you win i might even make a video on your deck right so it's like it kind of gives a different feel to like a typical just sort of normal like deck list youtube channel that you know you see so many people do um not that i'm not making deck lists i do them all the time right but they're they're always going to be somebody else's deck list that they use to win in the tournament, right? So that kind of yeah gives a spotlight for the deck and the player and gives everybody an opportunity to be featured on the channel if they wanted to. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know. it's it, at, at its core, it's the same, right? It just sort of has a, a different uh, background, right? Like a different back layer to it that, I don't know, that it's originated like, from. But I think, I think your channel is pretty unique, Maddie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, same. I agree. It's like... I think personally a big gold mine right now in the Pokemon TCG stuff, making rogue videos, like they do really well. Like I think there's a reason why my channel was able to like this was 2020 was my best year on YouTube in terms of views and sub growth. I think well, I think one of the big reasons why my channel was able to do so well is because like I feel like I was the only content creator who made just strictly rogue decks. Right. Like I know like Dark Integral and Yellow Swallow were like the two biggest channels on TDCGO. And they did the same thing. They made rogue deck videos most of the time. I know Dark Integral was like strictly that. And, like, ever since they left, I feel like I've kind of filled in that niche and that void. And there still might be a bit of a void there. So, like, I think, like, a cool thing you can maybe do if you're starting off YouTube, making rogue videos isn't a bad idea for, like, basing your channel on strictly rogue decks. Um, it's just it's something that I enjoy doing. Like, there's there's a million different cards out there. And it's, like, they'll never work in online tournaments. But, like, yeah. they still exist. You know, Pokemon printed them for a reason. Let's try it. Let's make it work. Let's make it entertaining, well, hopefully, and stuff like that. People will play those decks sometimes in the tournament. Like, I, I've thought about... Because every week, I'll obviously make a video on the deck that won. But I kind of want to make mm -hmm. another video on, like, one of, like, the coolest decks, personally, that I just pick out that might have gone 0-4 drop. But, like, it's just, like, yeah. a really, like, different... The chillest cool deck, deck in the room. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, there's, I might... Yeah. yeah. I might. There's, I mean, there's a lot of other, like, really creative, con like, people out there who, like, make cool decks. They don't make YouTube videos. Yeah. They, but, like, they have cool decks. Right. I think I think one of the big ones is Ross Kaufman. Like, he's the guy who made the truth back in the day i think back at ross coffin's a huge innovator for sure and i mean yeah. he's crushing it up and nowadays but i mean a lot of these people like i think ross has a pretty big important job he doesn't have enough time for all of us uh yeah. who are just like out here like creating videos till three o'clock in the morning probably goes to bed at like nine o'clock at night I'm, i mean ross seems like a cool dude um but definitely like a little bit more serious um with his life stuff same thing mm -hmm. with some other players too like sam chen for example like he's He's gone on a few times and said, like, I don't I don't really need, like, a sponsorship. I have my own kind of big job. I play Pokemon because it's fun. I like being competitive. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, no, Ross has definitely put out some a lot of cool decks in his lifetime. Super cool player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think. Oh, yeah. No, you go. Now you can go on if you want. No, no, no. You, you go first because I'm going to. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. But, yeah, like, I do think that if you can find your niche, if you can find something really cool to base your content around whether it be rogue decks or whether it be a cool take on like a meta deck i mean that could, that's a great way to grow on youtube and um, i do think grinding is also really relevant too it's like if you make videos every day making a video i think is the best way to grow your channel because yeah. if you're making a video like every other day or twice a week your channel won't grow as much so like one good advice i can give is just grind every day you're not going to see instant growth but if you just keep grinding and grinding yeah. and grinding, you'll eventually get there. So, I agree. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's normal advice, but, but like it's 
it's really true with YouTube because sometimes you'll make a channel, you won't get many views or subs yeah. that like fast, and you'll be like, ah, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm, it's not going anywhere because you're just not putting the effort. And you have to just keep grinding, right. and eventually you'll get there. It's like uh, it's like fishing, you know. If you go out fishing and you only cast out your net like twice, like you're probably not gonna catch a fish. But if you do it mm-hmm. hundred times, like you'll catch something. You know what I mean? I'm exactly. one of those casts. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, hour and a half of uh, LDF on the Yell Horde podcast. Only our third episode, man. But, uh, you know, I hope that Check people really. Episodes. <laughs> Check them out. Check them out. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I'm glad that, um, you know, it's it's gotten it's been well received. Like, I mean, LDF said that he listened to the first two podcasts and and you never know who's listening. Right. I mean, if, if you're exactly. if you're listening right now, I mean, it's very possible that you come on the podcast. You know, you just kind of actually have to... if you work for the Pokemon company about all that stuff about getting some demo accounts. Those are the yeah, types. You wanna, you yeah. Wanna yeah. If anyone wants to tag any of them, feel free to tag them in this one. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. <laughs> everything's been well received i mean it's our third episode we already have ldf on here so it's it's just super cool like it's awesome um and uh i can't thank you enough ldf for coming on and yeah and, thank you for having me oh, truly yeah. thank you so much for coming on we totally appreciate having a for sure poker celebrity like you on the channel i mean it. <laughs> it's one of those things we totally appreciate all the cool decks and content that you create yeah. and um i mean hopefully everyone's all hyped up to listen to this episode i know yeah. i'm hyped up to watch it again me too Same, uh, yeah. I'm hyped and up it's yeah, and it's one of those things too where like, um, you know, even though you've been on here once, that doesn't mean you can't come on again, right? So maybe in a, like a few weeks after we've had some more guests, like I know we I talked to Zach, like we want to try to get guests on like every week, right? Like we want to have a guest um, every week. It kind of just elevates the podcast and and makes it more accessible for other viewers. So I think uh, in the future, you know, maybe we'll have you back on again. Hopefully, right? Especially I'd be down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it might, you know, we'll see. We'll see who else wants to be on it. <laughs> for guests for episode four right now, it could be you again. Exactly. Right. You never know. <laughs> if nobody else wants on, then yeah. So, I mean, definitely super cool, man. Um, I I mean, I'm just trying to wrap it up here. I don't really have much else to say. Um, if, if you're cool with, uh, with us wrapping it up, I'll give our closing, our closing remarks. Yeah, cool. I think we're good to go. All right, cool. All right, guys, thank you for watching the Yellhorn or listening to the Yellhorn podcast, episode three. Of course, sponsored by GG Tour. Definitely go check them out. Uh, GG Tour is a is a phenomenal esports tournament organization. They host tournaments for all sorts of games, um, not only PTCGO, um, but uh, just other games in general. However, the PTCGO tournaments are awesome, so uh, definitely go play in those. Um, chill series, uh, weekly PTCGO <laughs> PTCGO tournaments every Wednesday. Go play in them. And um, go check out The Lone Blown on Twitter and on YouTube. That's Zach Lesage. Um, go check out Little Dark Fury on YouTube and on Twitch now. He's been streaming on Twitch uh, recently. And, of course, always love tuning in. I always tune in for a bit, LDF, when you're streaming, just yeah. to see what's up. But, like, if I have time, I'm like, oh, Appreciate let me hop in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, check out uh, ChillTCG on, on YouTube and on Twitter and, and all that goodness. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing else to say, guys. You can also check out the Yellhorn on Twitter now, too. We have our uh, pretty feisty, spicy <laughs> Twitter account ran by we don't know. Yeah, whoever's anyway, running that account, man, they're they're a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We got to track them down. <laughs> All right, man. All right. We'll anyway. Get, we'll catch you guys later on episode four. Bye. Peace out, guys.